Hey, have you heard about Anchor? You probably haven't heard about Anchor yet, so let me tell you about it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. You probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts. If they say it's easy, they're crazy. All of their methods are really hard and complicated, but Anchor, super simple. First off, it's free. They have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone. You don't even need a computer. This is 2019. Who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now because you're listening to this ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to 20 different sites. Just one. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was going to sing right here, didn't you? For the hottest news out of the obstacle racing scene, want to stay up to date on the freshest info, the latest podiums, and hear interviews with the who's who and OCR? Well, you've come to the wrong place. Well, some of that you'll find here. But we're not the media. This is not ORM, OCM, OCRM, ORCM. This is OCR Talk. What do I say normally? What is it? I guess it don't matter. I don't know. Hey, this is Jason Dupree. And I'm Anna Landry. This is episode number 26 of OCR Talk. Thanks for listening in. Anna, I always ask you, how's it going? And well, I don't know what else to say. How's it going with you? Have you recovered from our last episode? <laughs> Thanks for uh, changing that up. No, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm always just going off the fly, and then I'm trying to get spout something out, and that's what comes out first. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, uh, how's it going? I don't know. Because and we're talking. Sometimes it and turns into OCR a two-hour-long episode. <laughs> yeah. No, that episode, uh, yeah, I was fine after that. I, I mean, it's not like I had a, a ton of drinks. I just <laughs> had just enough to make me continue blabbering on. To talk for two hours. Mm-hmm. Speaking of goings-ons, I have my 50-miler this weekend. Right. On Saturday. Right. So that's going to be interesting. It's going to be exciting. I remember getting to that point in my 100K and thinking, so this is what it feels like to run 50 miles. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I keep thinking about that's interesting is I know for myself, I've got issues with my body that we're still just trying to figure out. And things have happened lately, uh, recently that have been, uh, I had a procedure that actually hopefully is what will take care of the problem. But right now I may still be low on iron. I'm not sure where I came, you know, where I'm at from the, my last infusion but my thought was just going into these really long races, I feel like I've always just get I always just get to a point where I get tired enough, but then my body just stops caring. Like I got to keep going, so I don't like who cares that my legs are trash right now and just yeah. keep on moving. It's almost like your body just finds a gear and just stays there, and that's the only gear that your body knows. Do Do you think? People that run like legit ultras, I mean, like the, you know, 100 like plus 100 miles, miles, do they, the people that are used to doing that a lot, do you think they have that same kind of? I'm sure. 
Yeah, one of one of the guys in my trail running group, one of his one of the things he gets asked all the time is like, "What do you think about on a hundred mile run?" And he's like, "Well, everything and nothing." <laughs> and it's so true. It's so true. But like, yeah, I think that's just where your body goes. Like sometimes you think about, "Dang, this hurts," and you're thinking about every little thing that's hurting you, and then. I guess at some points in the race, you're like, screw it, whatever. If I'm going to hurt, I'm going to hurt. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of what happened to me during my 100K. So, yeah, enlighten me on what I can expect that's different about this than running World's Toughest. Uh, Well, it's not five-mile loops, obviously. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it was it was a long trail, and I knew, like, my first loop was going to be real long, and... I wasn't going to see, you know, the start finish transition area for a while. <laughs> so I think what kind of helped me was just trying to make it from aid station to aid station. You know, it's like I I packed my hydration vest and I packed as much as I could um within reason for me anyway for like a 5-hour run on on the 31-mile loop that we had to we had to start off on. Once I made it to that first aid station, I kind of like assessed myself and was feeling okay. And well, how far apart were there? Aid, uh, aid they stations? were roughly six miles apart. Okay. So there was a good amount of aid stations. There was, yeah, about four aid stations um, along the course until you got to the start finish area. So, yeah, just kind of embracing the suck and just embracing the fact that you're going to be out there for a while. And you're just going to have to like chip away at it little by little. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think just making it from aid station to aid station is what kind of helped me a little bit, especially on my second loop. And especially I had my chiropractor the day before had told me that it was likely I had a Morton's neuroma that I had formed in my foot <laughs> like the day before oh. the race. And I'm like, oh, no. oh this is going to be terrible. <laughs> and Two weeks before that, I had already been having foot pain, and I figured it was just overuse, but I kind of just wanted to more or less just rule out a stress fracture. So mm. they x-rayed it and everything, and I didn't have time for an MRI, and he was like, you know, he kind of assessed it and x-rayed it and everything. He's like, well, I don't really think it's a stress fracture, but we can't definitively rule that out unless we have an MRI. <laughs> I'm like, well, it's okay. As long as you really don't think it's a stress fracture, I'm, I'm okay. That's all I needed to hear. Why is an MRI better at telling that than a X-ray? Because X-ray is more um, of like looking at your bones, and MRIs can assess like the soft tissue. So where is a fresh a stress, stress fracture, fracture some, start? Sometimes stress fractures are just so tiny and so small mm. that just looking at them on X-ray, you can't really see them as well. So yeah, that was that was my deal, and it started hurting around mile four. <laughs> And that was whenever I came to the first aid station and um, a couple of my friends were there and they were just like, look, you're just going to have to do the Anna thing and just suck it up for the rest of the day. So that's kind of what I did. But yeah, it's like, you know, you think about you think about stuff that just distracts you and you think about stuff that kind of helps you get through the hours, I guess. Time, it's weird how time flies on a long trail run like that. Is, I mean, it's just weird because, you know, my first loop, I came in um, a little over six hours off that first 50K. And I'm like, man, that's so it like it's so weird how that's six hours just gone. Like <laughs> I've been out there for six hours. <laughs> 
it's so funny to me how I can go out for it's like, okay, I'm going to go run three miles or four miles. And then by the end of it, I'm like, man, I'm so glad this is over. But yet when I know I'm going to go run 40, 50 miles, that mindset is so different. And it's like, there's no feeling like I'm ready to be done because I'm nowhere near being done. So right. <laughs> it's pointless to, to feel that way. Right. And it's a completely different mindset when you know you're preparing yourself for a full day of 50 miles. And mm-hmm. so you're going to you're gonna start off differently. You're going to pace yourself differently versus if you're running like a 5K or a 10K. So it's, com- it's, yeah. it's different efforts. It's, it's different mindsets. So Well, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think I know Mo Borset. Broset will be out there as well. And I think maybe a couple of the people that I know might be out there just running the, the shorter races. So it'll be interesting. Where's it going to be at? It's a trail run, right? It's right on the border of, it's right south of the river between Texas and Oklahoma. Oh, okay. It's a place called Juniper Point. Nice. It's not a far drive at all. And it's not a big loop. It's an out and back trail that is, I guess, 13-ish miles out. So, you know, you actually do it out and back twice to do the 50 miles. Yeah, our our 100K ended up being about two miles short, <laughs> about two miles short. But I find that's that's pretty um, common with most trail runs. They're either just shy or a little bit over. Yeah, well, that's what I've heard when it comes to, you know, you, you going to run a 100 miler or 120 miler yeah. or whatever it is, but... It's no, that's not what it's going to yeah. be. <laughs> yeah, there's a the, the loop at Chico here in Ville It They say it's 20 miles, but really it's it's like 17. But somebody said that they they <laughs> factor in elevation gain. And I'm like, it's, uh, I mean, it's not like you're climbing mountains. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's central Louisiana, <laughs> you yeah. know? So, yeah, it's about 17 miles, though. Let's get into actual OCR talk as opposed to continuing the ultra <laughs> talk podcast. I saw on Instagram just earlier that Matt B. Davis got his one of a kind shirt and he said one of a kind or one of a few kind. But his remember it is actually one yeah. of a kind because the logo is smaller than all right. the rest will ever be. And was it was it a medium? He hasn't put it oh, on okay. yet. It was uh, shots of him in the car, like just opening it. And it was kind of funny because he was trying to say, when these podcasts have contests, you can win. But he kept saying context. And he did it twice in a oh, row. Yeah. And he was getting frustrated at himself. <laughs> so hopefully we'll get to see some pictures of him wearing it, cutting the grass yes. or something. I don't know. Or on runs or something like that. I finally got to watch the episode of Titan Games with Chris Rugolowski. Cool. What'd you think of it? It was pretty exciting at the end. That episode in itself was was crazy. And I know April told me not to talk about this, but the <laughs> the one so there was the guy with the 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 guy with the handicap hand. Is it okay oh, to call right. people handicap? Right. I don't even know. Mm-hmm. And he had that the competition where they had to climb up the ladder and then run into the wall and push each other off the end. Right. The lunar something. And the other guy got up it so fast that he pushed it. And by the time the guy with the disability got up there, yeah. it was too late. Like he had already, you know, basically was pushing him off. Yeah. That was disheartening. It was a little bit. Yeah. But at the same time, that other guy jumped up that thing like a frog. Yeah. He was like leaping up that thing, like climbing up that thing like a monkey or something. Like <laughs> he was so jumping it's like, up that pole. Was it simply because of that or, you know, 
the guy's disability, but so it's kind of hard to blame it on his disability and say, well, too bad for him. But, right. you know, maybe that other guy just was insanely fast. Yeah. From what I've seen, though, historically on the episode, from the, just judging from the last few episodes, they've matched up people with similar abilities pretty well. Yeah, they, they do try. And, and Chris's competition where they had to pull the beams out of the thing, yeah. she got through that way faster than that other girl. Really fast. Way and fast. And by the time she got the, the top pole you know, almost out, that other girl got on it again. Yeah. It was basically too late because she had no room to get any leverage. Yeah, pretty much the same situation as with the guys. And then we also saw another repeat of a guy get to Mount Olympus and just be too... To too big of a to guy to have an en- engine. So, yeah, he was gassed out. That dude just was, was struggling so bad. And the guy that beat him beat him by a huge margin. Yeah. Yeah, that was a close match between Chris and Nicole, though. Well, Chris, she got up through those rollers at really well. Yeah. And, of course, one of the other girls that struggled with the roller, one of the girls struggled with the roller so bad. That's what it was. That guy, he he couldn't get through the rollers. It took him forever to get through those. Oh, yeah. He couldn't get over, up and over. And so that that's that's where it really shows that I think these kind of shows, while this one and uh, Steve Austin really, in a similar fashion, you've got this physical competition that you've got to get through to get to the end. But unless you are an endurance OCR style athlete, you're not going to get through whatever the end obstacle course is uh, with any kind of speed. And if you're against somebody that is like that, then there's no way. No, you don't stand a chance, which is cool. It's cool to me that it shows off how, I mean, the, the end competition is geared towards an OCR athlete, but it, it is. is cool <laughs> to show how some, that these athletes can still beat these comp- other competitions yeah, uh, and make it to the end and then dominate after that. Yeah, the Mount Olympus is very geared towards an OCR athlete. <laughs> now, Chris, have we not been calling her Christina this entire time? Chris, her her real her full name is Christiana. Yeah, but, I, but for sure. Well, she I caught that from Chris. the show, but I could have swore <laughs> I've been calling her Christina this whole time. Oh no, <laughs> I just call her Chris. <laughs> so when we've talked about her on previous episodes, I probably <laughs> if she ever listened to it, she's probably like, what an idiot. <laughs> But yeah, that was pretty cool. The her so most of my time watching that show, I skipped through all of the story of the other people because mm-hmm. uh, just to save time, and I'm not super interested in that anyway. <laughs> but I watched hers, and it was really cool to see when they showed a Conqueror Gauntlet rig in her video. So her on that rig at the Tulsa race last yeah. last year that had this super insanely hard pipe at the end of it. Yeah, I remember that because that's that's the one where we did the team race. Yeah, and she, you could tell that when it showed her, that was later in the afternoon. You could see open waivers, you know, standing by it, right. getting ready to go through. But that was pretty rad to get to see Conquer Gauntlet like that on TV. And just have a have another race other than Spartan featured on a TV show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it showed her OCR World Championship and Noram medal- yeah, medals as well. That was super cool. It looked like she had three gold medals. Yeah, she did age group last year at Noram. So she didn't do pro. She could have done pro. So she won her age group, mm-hmm. which is what? 18 to 25? She's 20. 24? She was 21 whenever she did Norams, I think. 21 or 22. Yeah, so she's. Yeah. I think that's what that age group was. I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty awesome. 
I don't I don't think I even realized that she got uh, podium on those. Yeah, she had competed in age group and then just to, you know, feel out the field, I guess, going to uh, OCRWC mm. like that. I believe she's going to compete pro. But even competing age group, she had better times than some of the women in the pro division. So she's definitely, well, she can definitely yeah. compete and hold her own in the pro. Yeah, time to step it up. That'd be <laughs> awesome. Well, cool. That was pretty neat to, to see all that. It's a good episode. Uh, she killed it. I see a lot of those people pull that last big concrete ball from like by the hammer or like further down the chain. Mm-hmm. It seems like the ones that do the best get really close to it. Yeah. And grab the chain and pull. Yeah. Cause there's just less to pull on, I think, with the chain. Cause man, Nicole picked up that thing and once she got it moving, she was rolling mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just remember watching that episode. I'm like, oh, come on. I was screaming <laughs> at the TV. I was getting way too fired up. <laughs> Have you seen the new Rugged Maniac obstacles? No, I haven't. Have you ever done a Rugged Maniac? No, I have not. Do you have any desire to do one? Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess I've done Terrain Race, so yeah, I'll do it at least once. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I know if they came here to Dallas, I probably would have done one already, but but I think the closest one, not Rugged Maniac. Or maybe Austin. Yeah, the closest that you can get is down in Austin and maybe Houston, but maybe even not that. And so I've, I've thought about going before, but, you know, as I've talked about, I've shortened my schedule for the year. So even, you know, thinking about wanting to do one of those, it's real. There's basically nowhere to fit it in because <laughs> I've got another, you know, bigger, bigger, more important races to me. Right. Squeezed in everywhere else. It looks, though, like some of their new obstacles are like inflatable type obstacles. Yeah, and I think they've had some of those before, uh-huh. but the new one called Feed the Beast, where the inflatable thing looks yeah, like that's a big the one dragon I'm looking at. <laughs> that you go into its mouth, yeah. is, it looks pretty rad. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of funny to, to you know, have the, an inflatable in an obstacle race and not, not feel like it's cheesy, but shoot, I did one as a little local, not even 5K that I've, I've done for the past few years out in uh, south of Waco. And they had an inflatable one year and it was just like a regular old go up. There's a wall you climb up and then you slide down and that was it. But it was we had come through the mud. So it was so muddy that everybody was just having a terrible time getting through that thing. So those those can be pretty tricky. I've only done one inflatable race and that was years ago. Well, Rugged Maniac does seem like they're doing a good job of, you know, they've got five new obstacles this year. I mean, they're doing a great job of keeping it keeping it fresh every year. That's one thing that we love about Savage Race. That's one thing that we harp on Spartan for every year. How long generally are their races? Are their races like 5K races? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's pretty standard three miles. Because it, it says they they try to get at least 25 obstacles into yeah, their Yeah, I mean, courses, that's a good so. amount for, yeah. for three miles. That's a good bit. And I think you can do a pass to do multiple laps if you want. Like I said, I've not done one, but for beginners or just people just looking to go have a fun time, yeah. it looks like a fun time. I might have to put that one on my list this year sometime. And, you know, Spartan, it's funny we say that, and they've got new obstacles. But <laughs> we're just like, those new obstacles are pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> it's been so long. Well, and then you see, like, versions of the obstacles that they have in other countries. But then they don't bring them to America and you're like, well, I feel like I'm getting gypped. Like, I want those obstacles over here. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure they had the modified like monkey bar where like 
spins. It's the bar on spinners. Yeah, that's called the beater. And that is one of their American, you know, well, uh, across the board now, one of their standard ones. And from what I've heard, it's it's pretty easy. You know, if you're familiar with monkey bars and maneuvering yourself between those, it's pretty easy. If you don't have the momentum going through the rotating part, then you might have trouble reaching for the next bar, especially if you, you, you are shorter or have shorter arms. But if you're familiar with just getting that swing and letting that momentum take you through that rotation rotating bar, then you, you yeah. should be fine. It looks fun. I'd try that one out. Helix I'm not as crazy about. <laughs> yeah, the beater seems like the best one that I've seen so far. Speaking of, you know, it's funny with Tough Mudder, you know, they announced their new obstacles later on, but we've already seen them because we've been to right. the world's toughest. I like their new obstacles. Though. So it's not really like, as yeah. exciting, but we've already been yeah. excited about it. <laughs> I like their new obstacles, though. I like them. I liked the gauntlet. Yeah, I think they said you can expect to see the gauntlet on yeah. courses, maybe modified right. in different ways. Of course, they can always change that one up. But I think they said that Twin Peaks, not so Twin much. Twin Peaks is going to be maybe either toughest or world's toughest specific. Because it can be a bottleneck. I, I kind of messed up our transition <laughs> going into Spartan because we were talking about Spartan, but then there's more world's toughest to talk about then. So we messed that up. But so we'll go ahead and do world's toughest first while we're on Tough Mudder. Interestingly, the, you know, no prize money for the year for any races, including world's toughest. So the community, the world's toughest community has been saying, we're going to give prizes. So all these people started saying, this is what I'm going to donate as a prize. So Whoever wins or whoever gets a certain mileage, this is what you get. I think they've even ha- got a a file going to where you can add things to it. Oh, yeah. I've seen that spreadsheet. Like a five-gallon bucket of pickles. <laughs> <laughs> right. So all kinds of crazy stuff. So the thing we talked about before to say at the, the Champions Brunch, they might have this wacko thing where all these people start bringing this stuff up to the stage to offer to the winners. And you know what's crazy? We might actually see that. Yeah, I think that's like way more fun of an idea than giving out prize money. (laughs) It's going to be pretty funny, I think. It is. I mean, it's completely community driven. And I mean, it kind of speaks to the strength of the Tough Mudder community. Yeah, what I was going to say was I'm kind of optimistic that TMHQ is going to be like, well, maybe we'll bring back, you know, prize money but just for world's toughest <laughs> because I know a lot of people have spoken, spoken up about that. Like, I don't know what their financial situation is. And I, I mean, that's way over my head, but you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about this next, but with Spartans, <laughs> Spartans announcement for their ultra world championships, you know, being a week before world's toughest, it might be mm-hmm. a good, I say it might be a good move for them to announce, Hey, we're going to bring back, prize money but then again it might not be because you know a lot of these people are probably already have their race year or races for the year already planned out as will hicks has stated they've gone back on things that they've decided to do quite a few times yeah because of outcry for the community but the thing is who's really outcrying against no prize money the the main majority of the community is is not. It's really just the elites. So will it be as big of an outcry as some of the other uh, bad ideas have gotten? <laughs> Pro- maybe not. So yeah, it might not be. We may not see it. Yeah. You never know. It may not be. And a lot of the elites, 
you know, they just don't want, I mean, Trevor psychos has said, well, screw that. I'm still coming anyway. <laughs> yeah. And that's fantastic. Yeah. That's well, great. Well, that, that really shows, you know, these elites, we, we love them and, and consider them part of the community, but they do have what the things that they're going after. So right. when you say Tough Mudder is so great because of its community, those elites and the fact that they've been there for the time that they've been has been been awesome. But really, that's not the community like they've been part of it. But the real community is those people that go out and go do uh you know, two laps a day on a Tough Mudder weekend for two days in a row. The people that stay on top of Everest in, all night long to help everybody over. You know, the the people that help lead it, like Melissa Dugan and and just all the other random people that are part of it, not necessarily the elites. So when they say, you know, the community is driving this, it's true. Even without the elites, they're, they're still driving forward. I'll still be interested to see how it affects registrations for World's Toughest, though. Even though I'm pretty sure I know a lot of people have probably already bought their season passes for <laughs> to go to Worlds, and you know they're just gonna have to go anyway or sell their ticket or whatever <laughs> it might be. I'll still be interested to see how it affects that. Yeah, and talking about Spartan and uh, Iceland being the the week before. The week before, that was a little disheartening because my situation is that we were going to go to Finland in January and because of April's um, passport expiring too close to the trip, we weren't able to go. But we did have a glass igloo that was reserved and we're allowed to use that within the next year. So I saw that the Spartan Ultra Championship is in Norway. No, no, Sweden, Sweden. is in Sweden which is right next to Norway. Like we could have totally went if it was in December, <laughs> totally could have went, did the race and then went over and stayed in a glass igloo. And that would have been perfect. <laughs> I saw the location and I got super excited. And then I saw the date and I was like, Oh yeah. man, that's not going to work. <laughs> I can't go there and then go to worlds of the week. The after. Week after. <laughs> that's Don't shame, they usually but... have a sprint or something random like that, that same weekend as the Ultra World Championships. Yes, and while my body being trash is, is one thought, it's really more the money and the travel. Yeah, for a sprint. Two weekends in a row like that. Yeah, that wouldn't work. No. But, oh well. So, it, it looks like some people are giving money for the whole Tough Mudder community prizes, but I think I've... I've Flip. I feel like I've heard something say somebody say it's okay legally because it's not a huge amount of money and it's also not coming from individual organizations. Yeah, yeah, I did see that post. Maybe we should. Some winners um, might actually get some money. <laughs> maybe we should donate some uh, OCR merch. OCR talk merch. <laughs> I've definitely been thinking about it, and uh, so with that being said, Caitlin said she had me pegged to win last year, but maybe this year is really my year. There you go. So. <laughs> You know, I could be, I could be out there all night long and ha Javier Escobar, he's going to be there. Yeah. Trevor's going to be there. They might, they might have something, they might throw up or poop <laughs> their pants or something. I don't know. And I might be the last one. You never know. <laughs> Just got to keep moving because the race isn't over till it's over. Wait, so if we were, if we win, if we do podium for world's toughest, can we wear anything we want on the podium? Uh, I mean, there's no prize money or anything. 
Yeah, I feel like they have some kind of rules. They, I mean, it's probably not as strict as Spartan, but right. I think they got the rules. Like they have rules of what you can fly on your flags in the in the pit area. Huh. Spartan, back to Spartan. Their regular series races, uh, just regular you know weekend races, have started up. There's been a couple of them, and VJ Jones and Nicole Miracle have been taking it pretty pretty seriously and taking everything home. Uh, for two weeks in a row. Yeah, Nicole kind of laid low last year, huh? And then I guess like training and rock climbing and I think, I don't know if she got injured last year, but she kind of, you didn't hear much from her. I don't think she raced as much last year, but I mean, there's no doubt in anyone's mind that she's a legit competition if she shows up to a race. I think uh, if she's got her eyes set on a Spartan race series, then she's got a pretty good chance of, of pretty much dominating that that series yeah it'll be really interesting to see you know they're they're kind of dominating right now but what happens on when they get to those national series races and the the you know the the rest of the competition shows up those two guys from where were they from denmark that Mm -hmm. vj ran with in arizona yeah they gave him a run for his money they like they really wanted to show up and kind of show american racers i guess (laughs) what what racers from overseas were all about yeah for sure they did and and in same note nicole had got beat on one of those days by a new up-and-comer that jack bauer had predicted that would be one to look out for i just think it's cool that a lot more racers are coming from europe and racing american series i can't remember where it was that maybe it was on obstacle racing media you talking about why they were out here? Yeah, well, they were out here to compete in a U.S. Spartan Series race, but also, like, they feel like we have our little bubble of OCR racers in North America, and we know the elites that mainly compete here and live here and train here, but we know nothing about what the elite field is like overseas, and mm. they just kind of wanted to come and compete and just be like, hey, we're legit competition too. I think the OCR report said that they were over here for a training camp or oh, something. Oh, yeah, that too. The U- um, in Colorado, the OCR training training camp. Is it at the Olympic training facility? I think that's what they were here for, because I'm pretty sure that was in February. So what's up with Spartan's Spartan Fit app? I got a new phone application. Have you looked no. at it yet and seen it what's dumb. on it? I need to see if it's okay. finished down. I mean, from what I've seen from screenshots, it just looks like, you know, you get a lot of emails from Spartan and apparently other people experience this too, where it's pretty hard to get those out of your right. emails. Like you're constantly exactly. getting, uh, well, even worse is like terrain and bubble race. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I constantly get emails for like Spartan meal of the day and workout of the day and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, I had to unsubscribe from all that. Yeah. Is that basically what the app is? Is it that kind of stuff? I don't think I downloaded the right thing. I think I downloaded like their Spartan Spartan race app, you know, like to find events. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, speaking of which, that was we were discussing on Discord earlier and, and saying what would make a good app like this is an app, but it's not really what a, a OCR typical racer really needs or wants. It's good for people that are that need help, but for the avid racer, what what would a good app be? And they're saying for Spartan, 
It would be, you know, have an app that you can register from and you don't have to put in your information every single time that you register. Yeah. Like just simple little things like that. Like making it an added benefit for season pass holders or something that you can do that just from your app or sharing your race results from your phone. Yes. Being able to pull up your results right within that would be fantastic. Yeah. Because there's always a line of waiting at iPads at the race results <laughs> tent and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Registering for races without having to put in all your information or even maybe getting early access to registrations to certain venues. But I think it all all depends on what you're really looking for out of an app at for a racer at a race. Like mm -hmm. where are you wanting to use use the app? Well, that's why I say, you know, an avid OCR racer, somebody that's doing this a lot throughout the year, what would benefit you rather than, you know, the a Spartan Fit sounds like a lifestyle app. Yeah. I want an, an OCR app. I want a racing app. And uh, communication is one thing. In the past, when the race has to make a call, where do they put that information out at? They put it on Facebook in groups yeah. at the event page. But if they had an app and it went there as well, you know, that would come up right away. It knows that you're at this race because you registered. So it gives you a notification with yeah, that communication. Your notifications are on for everything. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we'll see something come down the line that's a little more useful for uh from what I gathered, the Spartan Fit app, it looks like a, it looks, yeah, like a lifestyle app, like one of those, I'm going to encourage you to be active this many days a week. And I think there's some kind of charity aspect to it too, where you can even do it along with people at your workplace and it can be like a workplace community thing to where collectively you all try and be active and at the same time raise money for charity. They were also talking about Tough Mudder's open fit live streaming service that. And again, that's just a, a workout app. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, whenever I first like it saw. It doesn't really benefit Tough Mudder racers. No. it And it's supposed to be geared towards people who are like training for their first Tough Mudder maybe. But yeah, it's essentially just a workout app. And there's like millions of those out there, I feel like. Mm -hmm. But not. Ones that are led by the sheriff. <laughs> to be honest, whenever I first saw the picture advertising that um, T minus 30 or whatever, I thought it was mm -hmm. a spoof of Sean T's Beachbody uh, workout, whatever he mm -hmm. has. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like a parody of that. Yeah, it popped up in a Facebook ad and it, it did not look legit at all. It no. was like open fit. What is this? Yeah. But yet Hunter's on there and it's like. Did they steal some video of him and yeah. <laughs> put him in an ad? Yeah. Until I kept seeing it and I'm like, oh, this is like, this is a thing. <laughs> this is like a thing that they're marketing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think they are actually sponsoring uh, Obstacle Racing Media now too. Nice. So it's it's supposedly legit. Good on you, Oren. <laughs> Savage Race has got new medals and shirts as they do every year. Mm -hmm. And first off, they're... Stuff looks good. I mean, I can't ever say I've seen their new medals or shirts for a year and been like, oh, that looks stupid. Yeah. Now, I've done that with Spartan whenever they changed the, I think it was 2017 where it was like chipped around the edges. I did not like that one no. at all. <laughs> I didn't see. I didn't like the previous year. But Savage Races has always been good. Now, I do remember two years ago, Savage Races shirt was not that anything special. It was like one color, even the 
texture of his shirt wasn't the best. I don't know. But their their designs and everything look pretty pretty awesome for this year. And they'd have a separate shirt for the Blitz, too. They have the green shirt for the Blitz. Yep, the Blitz logo is pretty rad. But it really made me think, seeing Sam's videos of him revealing those, made me think about how races, like, that's something that we expect from races. You expect to see a new medal every year. You expect to see a new shirt every year. And why do we want that? And why... What, how would people feel if you if they didn't do it? You know, like if they just use the same metal from the previous year, if it didn't have a date on it, you know, like what do you think would happen? That's interesting to think about. <laughs> I don't know how I would respond to that. Imagine Savage Race, same metal, same shirt, you know, no, no particular year on it. May, oh shoot, maybe they update the year, but the, their core, their race, their course, like gets a total overhaul and it's amazing. Like, would you still complain? Would you think people would complain? No. I'm almost positive they would. <laughs> well, everybody's going to complain about something. I mean, you're yeah. always going to have like the groups of people who are just going to complain just to hear themselves complain. But Sure. And I, I just think it's funny how that's a thing that we have come to expect. Yeah. Me personally, <laughs> I wouldn't mind that trade-off if if like they redid their course and redid their obstacles and the obstacles were super fun and super challenging and, you know, complete overhaul. Maybe their finishers area had a completely different feel to it and it was a lot more finish line festival friendly or something like that. Something to that effect, you know, an upgrade. I don't think that I would really care too much about the medals. Like, I don't think personally I would I would care about the medals being the same as they were last year. I I, I almost guarantee there would be There'd a be lot of not just like those people. There would be a lot of people complaining outcry if they did. I, I want to say in Spartan in 2013 or 14, I forget which years their shirts were the same as the year before. And now that's pretty early on as in the sport of OCR. So I don't know if people complained about it back then, but it just. <laughs> It's just become one of those things that you expect. <laughs> it would be probably be a bad business move for a company to, to not do it. <laughs> yeah, I guess. But I feel like Savage Race's medals, I think maybe it was last year and then the year before, it wasn't too much of a difference, I don't think. Hmm. I could be wrong. I could be getting my years wrong. I feel like their medals are pretty similar in the last few years, if I remember correctly. I could be wrong, though. But that is one of those things that people review, like, how was the race? Oh, it was, it was a eight out of 10 or whatever. How was the medal? How was the shirt? Like, it's just part of the whole experience. Yeah. We need to, we got to write that one down for when we get our behavioral therapist on the show. <laughs> when we, when we hire a resident behavioral therapist. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> why do we want oh that's why because we want shiny shiny new things it's like when the new iphone comes out and it looks exactly like the, the iphone <laughs> <laughs> that was sold last year but it's now yep. like the iphone 20 or something <laughs> right. you know <laughs> and it's got one new feature right <laughs> speaking of new things ocr world championships they've announced or I forget what I think they may have just put this on Discord. Some some things that they're planning on changing. So I know one of the things that they're changing for sure at Noram, they're redesigning the course where it utilizes the mountain more in a switchback style rather than just going straight up the mountain at the very beginning. Nice. So that's good. Still utilizing the mountain, just not going straight up it. Uh, last topic I have that I wanted to talk about. Do you have any other race specific, brand specific? 
I don't think so. I feel like a lot of race brands, though, are coming out with, now that you said something about it, I feel like they're all coming out with, oh, these are what our medals are going to be looking like for this year. Yeah, and, and it's it's that and time everything. of year. Yeah, because mm-hmm. the season's about to get started. and Look, new things. Come sign up for our races. Uh, so something I, I, I thought about recently that I thought was really interesting was just social media and, and how it how it interacts with a couple of things that are important to us uh, on this podcast in particular. But starting out, just social media and parenting, I, it's really interesting that every day you get a reminder, you get a, like, especially with Facebook, because you get memories. And every day you get memories and you see what happened with your kids a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, you know, however old they are, because we're constantly posting stuff about our kids. So you get those memories. So you get to see what our kids were like, how cute they were <laughs> or how, you know, what they were like when they took their first fall or whatever. And when we when we grew up, our parents didn't have that. Our parents had maybe a few pictures in a photo album and maybe a couple of video- home videos lying around. <laughs> and I think it's inter- it, I think it, it changes. I think it's an easy way to see why we treat our kids the way we do and how there's a bigger shift in treating kids with respect and and, uh, niceties (laughs) because as we were kids and especially when our parents were kids, you get a lot of people that were just like, my dad came home, he sat on the couch. If we did something wrong, he hit us with a stick or whatever. (laughs) It slapped us across the head. And it's just a different, I mean, it's a different world nowadays. I mean, obviously there are still people that do that, but Think about it. Think about how you treat your kids versus how your parents treated you. Yeah. Well, I feel like my parents were strict, but not very strict in the same. I, I guess they just did a really good job of putting the fear of God into me that I just, <laughs> I was too scared to, to, you know, go against what they said until I got a lot older, older. And it seems like there's more, there was more of that fear of God kind of thing before as well. Yeah. You know, people people speak out more now about, you know, not whipping your kids and yeah. doing only positive reinforcement and stuff like that. It's just so, so weird because we're so much more well-informed these days. And I think that's part of it is that, you know, social media ha- plays a big part in that of keeping us informed of what's going on and dangers of this and that. And That's where I wanted to relate it to racing, actually, and to say seeing those daily reminders when when we were shoot when i was a teenager i didn't have that daily reminder to see you know i i worked out last year and ran a mile in this amount of time so it, it's just a reminder and it's like oh hmm i wonder what i could do it in now yeah our parents didn't have that for sure and we have that now we see you know i've been constant i've been on a steady workout fit health lifestyle for about 5 years now maybe about five years now. And so I see when I, when I started and I'm constantly getting reminders of my progress that I've made and, and where I've come and how much work I've put in and we get it just constantly. And I, I think it makes a difference. I think it makes it, if anything, easier to, to have that habit nowadays. Of like constantly trying to improve yourself and like mm-hmm. be motivated to keep on the track that you're going. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I'm I'm not a huge social media <laughs> person and there's just different ways, you know, it can be used and yes, and that's really what I'm trying to get at. 
there are positives and not everybody has, you know, it's not like you should definitely use it, but if you do, there are positives. Of course there are negatives, but I think that's one of the things that I see I get out of it. But yeah, I mean, it just, it's a really good tool or it can be really terrible. And I think just finding that balance is important, but yeah, I see what you're saying about the whole, um, like seeing memories and everything like that. I, I had recently run a, come across a picture I think it was a Polaroid or something like that in one of my boxes from high school or (laughs) something random. And it was like me smoking a cigarette and I had like five different piercings in my ear. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) Like, wow, things have surely changed since then. (laughs) And that's good. You know, we talk a lot about reflection. Yeah. So it's good to see the the things that you're glad you changed yeah. and the things that you are you can still improve on. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, yeah, there's still pictures that pop up every once in a while, like before I started running or something like that. <laughs> I'm like, Dang, I thought I was skinny <laughs> back then, but <laughs> <laughs> now I did want to say um, before we go, uh, Matt B. Davis did get his shirt as we talked about. So that was our first giveaway. We got a little bit of monies now that the uh, the listens from the from the ads are rolling in. We've got those monies there. If anybody wants to keep supporting through Anchor, uh, you can give that way, and that money will go to all of the giveaways that we do. And so, what's our next giveaway? What are we going to do? There's a poll on Facebook. There is a poll on Instagram or Instagram and, and Facebook. The Facebook story. Yes. Yeah. Um, Hats or shirts? I mean, uh, hats or socks? My thought was like, Mark said, you know, socks. like a just a custom sock with uh, OCR clock yeah. on it. That'd be kind of cool. Socks. Yeah, because I have a whole rack of hats that I just don't even wear. Uh, yeah, I I have a few. Hats. You always lose your socks. Yeah, yeah, and you always lose your socks. So that that might not be um, arm sleeves. I'm in the socks. Does anybody use arm sleeves? I don't. Arm I don't sleeves? use arm sleeves. Mm. Nah. Or like a, a buff, an OCR talk buff, like or, or a headband. Hmm. A, a headband is something I thought about as well. Yeah. Uh, so we're, we're not 100% sure what we're going to go with yet, but uh, it's looking like it's leaning towards socks. It is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you and happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there listening. Thank you for loving us. Feel the love. OCR talk love. I've got a <laughs> Valentine's Day banquet tonight with my wife and my two kids. Oh, they have decorated. Precious. I'm cooking dinner for my kids. <laughs> so go enjoy yourself, and I will hopefully get this edited tomorrow night while I'm uh, in the hotel waiting for the 50 miler on Saturday. Yeah, good luck with that. Thanks. Let us know how it goes. I will. Everybody out there listening, embrace the suck. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening in. Have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you all soon. Uh, Don't forget to follow, listen, and talk. Bye, guys. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,
Declan, you want to say hello? No. Bye.